We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. That day, of course, is Friday, April 8th, 2016. I'm holding back tears right now. The three amigos are here for one final time. That's, of course, me, DJ Trainer, Shannon McEwen. And Ken K Train Kreitz. You can find us on Twitter at Trainer DJ, at Roto Shannon, and at Ken Kreitz. Just one more time, Ken. I need I need to hear that as many times as possible. NBA season is winding down, and this will be the last time we we come to you on Friday. This podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher and Audio Boom. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You can also listen and download this podcast and all of our other great podcasts directly off the Rotowire website itself. Somebody else talk because I need to wet my tears. Have I am also dabbing my tears with bacon that I won. So three amigos, that's us. But I was thinking, which three amigo is each of us? Like, who, who's Chevy Chase? Who's Steve Martin? Who's Martin Short? I, I, this is what I was debating in the shower. I'm um, the oldest, so I think I'd be Steve Martin, right? And you're the most, well, okay. no. Who I, was the leader? I kind of forget who the leader was. Yeah, uh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin was the leader. Mm, um, mm, might have to throw my, myself in the ring oh, for that one then. Well, here, here's the... It was really tough because none of us want to be Martin Short. I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> that's true. Like that's, that's the obvious. Yeah, that's the obvious yeah. thing. No one wants to be Martin I Short. I want to wear a giant sombrero, and I think yes. next year we all wear giant sombreros during the pod. DJ and I are. <laughs> all right, next year right, I'm ordering mine on eBay. Okay. So I, I'm going to go against grain, though. And I mean, Ken, I agree. You're the oldest. You're the tallest. So right there, those are two options. It's like, all right, you're Martin or, or Chase, because Chase is the tallest. Martin's the oldest. But you're also the most flamboyant. 
or, or energetic. Um, I guess maybe a better word. I know where this is going. So, he, has a, he has a whistle. You don't need to explain that. Yeah, so you are. <laughs> you are Martin Short. All right. Uh, I don't like it, but I'll take it. Okay. And and since I I I like Chevy Chase, so I'll gladly take Chevy Chase. And, and, and I think I'm also the biggest asshole of the three of us, so like Chase works there behind the scenes too for me. Um, and DJ, you're the leader, undisputed. You're, you're the leader. I like it. I like it. Uh, on the side, I can play the banjo a little bit. Steve Martin has a great oh, Grammy-nominated cool. band. There yeah, you go. yeah, with um, Paul Simon's wife. Um, Whoa, I did not shoot, expect. What's her, what's her, what's her name? A- Edie Brickell. Wow. Actually, what a uh, pull, Ken. Famous musician on her own right when I was in college. But here, sidebar, and not very, didn't care for it. Edie Brickell and Bohemians. Uh when I was in a fraternity with Rotowire founders uh, Pete Shanky and Herb Ilk, my room got robbed. They took everything, but one of the CDs, and yes, that's how old I am, CDs. One of the CDs dropped and fell behind, and it was E. Burkell and the Bohemians. And I thought, they're, now they're just mocking me. <laughs> <laughs> they left the shitty CD behind and took everything that was good. You, you dropped Herb Ilk's name, which uh, doesn't happen very often, and no. most people probably don't know of Herbert. Um, or Herbie, as I like to call him now. Herbicus. Everyone needs to call him Herbie from now on. <laughs> I'm making that push in the office. Yeah. He's he, now ch- chief tech officer for Rotowire. Doesn't like to talk to people. Now, Herbie's an interesting guy. <laughs> there were games last night. Let's talk about them. <laughs> uh the most interesting one, let's lead off with that one, even though chronologically it happened last. Golden State Warriors still trying to get that all-time best record over the Bulls, and they get one step closer to that. 112-101 over the San Antonio Spurs now. Good game for that for them it wasn't last that night. close. wasn't even that yeah, close. Yeah, yeah they, just, they took off right from the start and, and kept going to a nice, easy win, I would say. However... They play against Memphis, and then they play the Spurs again, and then they play against Memphis again. And I know Memphis is, you know, has a poor starting five. They've been decimated with in- in- injuries, excuse me, but they're still the five seed right now. They're hanging on, and the starting five they have is so intimidating from just, you know, from just a, like a physical perspective. You have Matt Barnes, Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, Chris Anderson. If there were ever two teams that I didn't want to play, especially heading into the playoffs, it'd be the Spurs and I think maybe Memphis, because I'm afraid that Memphis is just going to try to rough the Warriors up over mm-hmm. these two games. Absolutely just berate the Warriors from a physical standpoint. Even if they lose, I think the Warriors are getting punched in the mouth multiple times, and that is not what you want heading into the playoffs, especially, especially when you've had the one seed locked up for, I don't know, the entire season. We well, saw- DJ, I, I agree with the grindhouse concern of the Grizzlies. Also, that Spurs game will be the second of a back-to-back. So they're right. at Memphis and then at San Antonio the next night. I can see the Spurs, they'll either be one end of the spectrum or the other. They'll be all into trying to ups- you know, send a message to the Dubs, or they'll rest everyone and the game will be over in the second quarter. I, I think the Spurs are absolutely going to try to win that game. They want to go. Un- I believe that they will want to go undefeated at home. Uh, even if Pop doesn't, I think the players are going to want to go undefeated at home. Um, I I actually would argue if if Golden State ends up with 72 wins and the Spurs end up with 70 and are undefeated at home, the Spurs had the better season, which maybe or the more impressive accomplishment in my mind. Uh I think they're the better team. I think they're going to beat Golden State in the playoffs this year. Boom! Uh, Regardless of last night. I mean, last night's game, you had Tim Duncan only played 19 minutes. LaMarcus Aldridge did not play well. Five for 16 from the floor. He's going to play much better in in the playoffs. Yeah, he's going to be better in the playoffs than he was last night. Uh, The Spurs essentially gave up, and the only reason why it looked like it was close because their backups made a nice run in the fourth quarter. But that game was done after three quarters. So you don't think the Warriors continue to shoot 48% from three points come playoff time with the Spurs? I... No, not not against the Spurs. I think the Warriors are a great team, transcendent, one of the best teams ever. But the Spurs team this year is is as well and that's the problem and there it would be if the spurs had home court advantage i totally believe they would beat the warriors like easily in the playoffs now i just think they're going to win three at home they'll be able to steal one in golden state 
I worry. I just worry about the Spurs aging backcourt. I know Mills is only twenty-seven, but uh, and Parker, what's he, thirty-one, thirty-two? I just worry about the backcourt of the Spurs keeping up with the Splash Brothers. I'm, and I think it's going to be an amazing series. It's going to go seven. It's frankly the NBA Finals. You got to catch every minute of what'll be in an awesome playoff series. Uh, I like your point about Aldridge, and you know he dislocated his finger last night. They popped it back in. He went back in. He said it dislocated again the first time he touched the ball. Uh, interesting to see if Aldridge, how, how they're going to rest him with this finger issue going in. I, I think he'd play in that uh, Warriors game. But uh, you bring up some interesting points, Shannon McEwen. And I want to bring up the Grizzlies again. Okay, I am not scared of the Grizzlies if I'm Memphis at all. I, 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 Michael I, Green? Say, yeah. Michael Green? Right. I No, okay. Will the Grizzlies play... Play physical? Yes. Well, I not from a WL perspective, but if I mean, if there's a team that I, I'm afraid Injury that it is like might literally punch me in the mouth, it's the group of the Memphis Grizzlies right now. Okay, okay. I mean, so you're like, why? Why have the Green, for instance, play 30 minutes if he's going to catch a Zach Randolph elbow to the? To the well, they they took a, allegedly they took a vote on the team and they're going for the record. I mean, it's yeah. no surprise and they've he, been talking I think about Draymond it. Draymond Green's the one who said it too, right? He's a, yes, but yeah. there's just. I mean, ideally, if you're in the Warriors position, you're resting your players right now down the stretch, getting ready for the playoffs. You're not out there trying to face Memphis twice that's loaded with a bunch of guys who is like the most physical over the last five, ten years in the NBA. Tony Allen, Matt Barnes. I mean, these guys are not afraid to get in physical altercations and just rough you up the entire game. It's just not an ideal situation for the Warriors right now. This is not how you want to head into the playoffs. Even even if the Warriors are in a position where they lose one of the first one of the next two games and they need a win to tie the record in the final game of the season i think they still run out all their players i don't think they sit anyone because i think even tying the record is su- such an accomplishment that they won't want to pass it up sure i i don't know it, it certainly doesn't help that memphis right now is the five seed in in the west but and they have a lot to play for they too. haven't even clinched a playoff spot yet have they or before last night's games ended they hadn't yet i mean essentially they have i think they sure. clinched last night actually it's pretty close they're um so their remaining schedule is they play at dallas um warriors at home at the clippers and then at Warriors. So they still have four games left. If you're looking down at Houston, Houston only has three games left. So Lakers, Minnesota, Sacramento. Um, and to confirm, the Rockets' loss last night actually yeah, clinched the spot for the Grizzlies. Okay. For Grizzlies and, play, and Blazers. Yeah. But, the, I mean, the Grizzlies have a lot to play for because, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting. Obviously, they're going to get bounced by anybody, right? Can we all agree that they're going to? It doesn't matter who they end up playing, whether they end up in that four, five, three, six, seven, two, or eight, one matchup. They're getting bounced immediately in the first round. Conley's not coming back. Marcus Hall's not coming back. And it's they're lucky. It's an accomplishment if it goes five games against any of the top four seeds. I think it's well, an accomplishment. Here's, here's they're, what they're playing. They're playing for to face the Clippers in the opening series instead of the Thunder. Um. And I don't know. I'd rather face the Clippers. Well, I think you know, it, you're, you're probably they're going to lose either way, but you're right. I think, yeah, I think the Warriors are most likely going to give them two losses, which is going to drop them down to at least the six, seven, maybe the seven, eight spot. Um, just because if we want, I mean, if we want to pull out all the stops here and look at Portland's, Portland only has two games left because they're sitting pretty with 43 wins. Um, so I, the way I look at it is that the Blazers have the opportunity for two losses, two more losses, whereas Memphis has the opportunity for four losses, and Memphis only has one less loss than the Blazers. So I think the Blazers are going to topple them. I think Grizzlies are going to end up in the seven or eight spot. I, I agree. I actually think they're going to be I think they're going to be in the sixth spot. Six? Yeah. And the Blazers will be four or five with Eclipse? See, the Blazers have a lot, a lot to gain here because they would much rather play the Clippers than the Thunder in the mm-hmm. first round. And they could push them, too. Sure. I don't think they're going to beat sure. them, but they could push them. They could win two games instead of Grizzlies beating them once. <laughs> <laughs> True. Fair enough. More entertaining. I'd rather watch that game. So we'll keep it moving here. Obviously, a lot to watch at the end of the season. Um, a game we alluded to already, uh, Houston craps the bed. It's really the perfect way to describe it. Against the Suns at home. Well, so we, we need to crap the bed. Next year, we're all wearing sombreros, and we also need to crap the bed sound effect. For now, we'll just go, wah, wah, wah. It's good enough for me. 
Can uh, I hear that? <laughs> my, mine would have sounded a lot more vile than that. <laughs> kind of whoopee cushion-ish? Yeah. Think? Got it. Uh, Go ahead, DJ. <laughs> uh, Suns, for some reason, are playing good down the stretch. I mean, they're really being co- – they're competitive. I think they just recently played the – um, the Hawks and the Hawks ended up pulling it out, but the the Suns are, are competitive for some reason. I'm not sure why. PJ Tucker is playing like he's on a contract year, but he's not on a contract year. He's guaranteed <laughs> next year 24 points, uh, 12 rebounds, five assists for him. Uh, Devin Booker continues to play solidly. For me, it looks like Harden is still giving everything he's got. The problem for me with this Houston. On what? Well, yeah, that's pretty typical. The problem for me with Houston is Dwight Howard, and and I just don't understand. Now uh, his line last night was ten points, seven rebounds, four blocks, but he only took seven shot attempts. I mean, like, where they're, is his head at right now? They're not giving him the ball. He's not a part of the offense anymore. They, he never touched the ball. He they don't toss it down in there into him at all. I've watched three of their past five games, and it's 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 weird that they don't give him more touches. Um, I don't think. I don't think he's necessarily a problem. The team's just changed their approach and their strategy, and Dwight Howard's really not a part of that on offense. It's is that all, you think that some of that might be on purpose on the assumption he walks after this year that they've already kind of I don't know he's alienated the team and they assume he's leaving. Yeah, I th- I don't think everything's fine behind the scenes there. I think him and Harden legitimately don't get along. So they both requested each other's trade. I think was it last <laughs> yeah last season was the rumor. Couple, yeah, yeah, that was the rumor. So I. It, it, to me, it's just amazing that they lost this game. Um, your Phoenix is not a good team. Uh, they are one of the worst defensive teams in the league. They're getting steamrolled quite a bit. They're no no Bledsoe and no Brandon Knight. There is you're at home. You have to win this game against one of the worst teams in your in your conference. You the, know the at, the at home part of it is what really irritates me the most. I mean, how pissed are you if you're a Rocket season ticket holder this year? Yeah, just a Rockets fan. Miserable. Miserable. Absolutely. I think out of the most or the biggest disappointments this season, I think Houston is is clearly at the top. Uh, firing Kevin McHale how many games into the season? They were in the Western Conference Finals last year and they have the same essentially the same team. Right. There's no excuse. I I do think coaching's a big part of the problem. Um it doesn't make sense to me. Like you said, DJ, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year, and you had guys, you had contributors like Terrence Jones. He did, he can't even get off the bench. He doesn't even dress on, on a lot of nights now. He's a, he's a quality player, and he's somewhat young. I, I'm absolutely amazed that this team's just falling apart like this. I mean, it's clearly it's, it's, locker, it's locker room things, problems behind the scenes that we don't know about. It's like those... It makes me believe in those rumors with Howard and Harden. I don't think they like each other. It's going to be a different team next year, and they still should be good. When you've got somebody like James Harden, you should you should challenge 50 wins and make the playoffs. It should be a shoo-in. Well, I mean, he's the reason why they made it last year. He essentially put the team on his back. He won the players' MVP last year for doing just that. But this year, I don't know what's going on. It, it, it's pretty remarkable. He, I mean, the Rockets were a lot of people's sneaky championship winner this year coming in. And not not just, I, I, not just anybody here. How, but I'd love to know how well they do if they didn't fire McHale. Like, give McHale a chance mm-hmm. to turn around. But then... Maybe he's maybe he's part of the problem of the rocket. Uh, I mean, all the locker room issues. I don't know, but clearly Bickerstaff didn't change anything. I, and the thing is, I don't think McHale's necessarily a good coach, um, but he he was successful with them last year. So to me, they just they pulled the trigger on that way too early, especially when you didn't have a great replacement for him. Um, right. But it's amazing, that, you know, DJ. You mentioned Harden was the player's choice for MVP last year. His season. Is better this year. He's had a better season this year. Statistically, yes. Yeah. He's averaging 1.3 more points. He, career high, 28.7 points. Seven and a half assists. That's a career high. 6.2 rebounds. That's a career high. It's it's unbelievable to me that they're not doing better. Yeah, it, it's, it's remarkable. That said, they still have a chance to make the playoffs, and I would argue that this squad, being that they were there last year and they have the big-name players and the cohesive squad, in, in quotations, to do something, that you know, if they make that 
if they make the playoffs as the eight seed and they play the Warriors, you never know what can happen. I mean, they do have legitimate star NBA talent. So I, I, I would, I would, I, I've been rooting for them to make the playoffs, but I wanted Memphis to fall out. That's obviously not going to happen. So at this point, it, it's hard for me to get behind Houston and and want to see that dark horse into the playoffs because they just haven't. There's not a lot of respect for me on this on this team so far this year. Well, you know, I was going to point out that how soft their remaining schedule is. It's home against the Lakers, then at Minnesota, and then home against Sacramento, who will probably be sitting everyone. But you could have said that again about the Suns last night, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, uh, I get that they're, you know, I get losing at Dallas head to head, but the Suns lost just as they don't care. Well, and even after, after the loss against Dallas on Wednesday, I looked at the Rockets' schedule. I saw those four softies. I mean, basically, the four teams, the four worst teams – in the mm-hmm. Western Conference, and it's like that's perfect. That's and three of the four are at home. That's what you need if you need to make a run at the end of the season to to lock in that playoff spot. So I looked at it. I said, "Oh, they're making the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs over the Jazz." That was my thought. And I said, "Utah and Dallas will play each other once uh, before the end of the season, so they'll they'll figure it out. That game will go a long way determining who who makes it between those two. But now I think that loss last night, the Rockets are done. They have to win out, and they need. They need like Utah to lose out. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just amazed that Dallas has won five in a row without Parsons. Yeah, I, Dirk Nowitzki has done a lot for that team, more so than I ever thought he could at this age. Wes Matthews probably came back He's, from his, his torn Achilles too soon, and so there's something to be said about mentally recovering. A lot of players will tell you that when they have a torn ACL, torn Achilles. Um, that that's just as big of a factor. Brandon Rush is somebody who tore his Achilles, and while he came back, it, he said that it still took him two seasons playing before he really felt confident uh, moving on the court like he had in the past. And I think Wes Matthews right now, while he's done well over the over the last month, he's actually picked up his production over the course of the season. I think it really would have boded well for him to just sit the first month or two months yeah. off. The problem is that he pigeonholed himself right when he got the injury. He said, I'm going to be ready for next year. Right. And he held himself yeah. to that standard and never Everybody else was like, "Really, you want to do that? Why? Like, we, nobody really cares if you come back or not. We, under, you tore your Achilles. Everything's it's it's you know. the same injury that basically ended Kobe Bryant's career. I mean, he hasn't been the same player since. It's amazing that he came back at all, given his age. Um, well, I, think he, I think he rushed it because he knew he was the headline signing after the jo- the whole Jordan disaster. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Not, that's a good reason, but that's cl- I think that's why he did it. Oh yeah, fifteen to twenty years ago, though that. That injury ends your career if you no matter if you're if you're twenty eight, you're thirty two, whatever, it ends your career. You don't come back. I'm pretty sure that's why Dominic Wilkins retired, if I'm not mistaken. Um but it's the Mavs are surprisingly deep, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. Even though they lose a guy like Chandler Parsons, Wes Matthews has stepped up his game. JJ Barrera is good. Um, I mean, Darren Williams is out too right now. Uh, but Devin Harris, they actually have some depth, and a lot of those guys like JJ, Devin Harris, Raymond Felton, they didn't need to rely on those guys heavily when Darren Williams and Chandler Parsons were healthy, but. Those guys are still quality players. Yeah, and you have uh, Justin Anderson, rookie from Virginia, stepping up, starting at shooting guard certain nights. And while he's not really much of an offensive weapon, he is a very good defender. He's going to be a very good defender in this league. Maybe your next Tony Allen type, if you want to look at that, the lefty Justin Anderson. Also, Salai Majiri is slotted in at center at the end of the season. And Dwight Powell, um, who is kind of the heir to Dirk Nowitzki, not in terms of offense, but in terms of playing both ends of the court solidly. Um, he's somebody to give a look at too. He's been playing very well. I know I was running him out in DFS second week into the season. He he was getting you 30 fantasy points on a given night. So so they've actually found some youth on a team that's one of the oldest in the leagues in Justin Anderson, Majiri, and Powell. So good to see for them. They have a future ahead of them. And in addition to a nice playoff run, right now they're slotted as the seven seed going up against the Spurs. You'd think the Spurs could handle business there. I mean, really, Warrior Spurs Thunder, you think are going to handle their business so that seven or six seven eight teams could could be in trouble no surprises there though Atlanta wins at home versus Toronto now Toronto doesn't have much to play for they're locked into the two seed what I don't understand is Kyle Lowry is dealing with a significant elbow injury to the point where he has to get it drained um, because there's so much swelling and 
for some reason, Dwayne Casey was going to get a lot of Coach of the Year votes, and rightly so because he has two above-average players and the rest of his squad is just a bunch of average or below-average players in my eyes. He's, he's you know, propelled the team to second in the East. Can, you, can somebody explain to me why Lowry's playing 34 minutes, DeRozan's playing 34 minutes, Valanchunas is even on the court seeing 21 minutes? Does it make any sense to either of you two? why your two best players who have logged an insane amount of minutes this season are playing when it doesn't matter? I don't have a lot of justification for it, but I'm assuming since they've lost two years in a row in the first round that uh, Casey's just worried about them being cold heading into that playoff series. He's just desperate to get to the second round. But that's, that's the best I can come up with. Yeah, I mean, Valanciunas missed some time this year. I think he's still young enough too, where it, any minutes he can get is it's worthwhile. Um, with Demar Derozan and Cal Lowry, they both sat a, a couple times in the, la- the last few weeks, a, but but not enough, especially Kyle Lowry. I'll agree with you there. I don't think he would be playing. I think he probably. What do they have? Three games left. Four. They have four games left. He's going to sit two of those four games. At least it wouldn't surprise me if he sits three of the four, but there's no reason to play him. So here, here's what I'm getting at too, because obviously you know, I, I understand them going into it with momentum. I, I get that argument. It's essentially, I think it's more important in NFL than it is NBA. But I think you can keep that momentum going, but you just don't give them their their third and fourth shifts in a game. So essentially, they just play their normal shifts of a first half, and then they're done. And so while, yeah, DeRozan has only played uh, three of the last four games, in those three games he played, he played 34, 36, and 36 minutes. It doesn't make any sense. You go to Lowry, same thing with him. He uh, Let me pull it up real quick here. So he's played three of the last four games, 34, 40, and 36 minutes in those three games that he did play. So I don't understand that. I I would much rather play all four, but you're only playing 18 to 24 minutes in each of those games. Well, I agree with you, DJ. Uh, To Shannon's point about uh, the next four, I mean, it's Pacers next tonight, but then it gets pretty easy with Knicks, 76ers, Brooklyn. I suspect they'll be... uh, enjoying some nice pine time after you know after the Pacers game um but you will see yeah you're right DJ too many minutes home court advantage for the Cavs is not officially locked in yet either so that might be part of it I mean it's probably going to be official after Friday night uh because basically Toronto needs to win out Cavs need to lose out but yeah, it that could be part of it because Toronto surprisingly does have the best home record in the Eastern Conference. They're thirty and nine at home, so I could see why Casey would want to fight for that that home court advantage throughout. But let's shift to rosier news. In that one of our Shannon and I's favorite players, Demar Carroll, returned last night after missing forty one games. They gave him fourteen minutes off the bench. I'm sure they'd like to ease him into the rotation before the playoffs start. You know, he's one of those guys that's better in real life than fantasy, but. A tip of the cap to see DeMar Carroll back on the floor. Yeah, and, and here's the issue about resting your two main guys is you kind of need to regain that that chemistry with, with Lowry, DeRozan, and, and well, Carroll. Flip, and so, are you flip-flopping Daily Justice? <laughs> well, no, I'm saying, I'm saying that what they should have done is rested those two guys until Carroll came back and then play the final three games down the stretch with that three, get the cohesion back going. So I, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Apparently, you know, maybe DeRozan and, and Lowry feel just fine and that even though he, Lowry's getting his elbow drained, that maybe they are fresh. I mean, Lowry lost a lot of weight. He's been in the best shape um, from what we've heard in his entire NBA career. DeRozan is a freak athlete. Maybe we're underestimating you know, the fact that they can make it through an 82-game season and play the playoffs and still be somewhat, you know, ready to go. Yeah. I mean, they, they know better than us, I suppose. Maybe I should get my elbow drained. I'm, you know, I'm, the typing's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I might need to get my elbow drained after this pod. Um, so Bulls lose at Miami, all but sealing the fact that the Bulls are not going to make the playoffs. Still not official yet, but they have quite the road ahead of them, and they need a lot of help. They are three games behind the Pistons. Oh, they're out. Shannon, they're, oh, they're officially out. They're out. Yeah, Pistons hold the tiebreaker. They're they're officially out. Well, there you go. So they don't have much to play for. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing to play for. Uh, so there you go. Jimmy Butler has been seeing big minutes with that knee injury. Um, hopefully they'll rest him. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Uh, so 
against Miami. So Miami still has something to play for. They have 32 losses. They're slotted as the five seed. They can end up being the three seed. They could end up being the six seed. So there's a lot of variability with the Hawks, Celtics, Heat, and Hornets. They still have to play some things out. Now here's my rationale with those four teams. I don't want to be the four or five. I want to be the three or six. So if I can make the six seed happen, I will happy, happily and willingly give up home court advantage to be the sixth seed so I'm avoiding the Cavaliers at all costs. If I can somehow make it happen where I would face them in the Eastern Conference Finals rather than in the second round, I would do that. I would throw the game. So do you think that the Hawks, Celtics, Heat, Hornets are thinking that? Obviously, it might be a bit too early with three games and four games left for most of these teams. But do you think that coming into the last game of the season, if the Heat can throw a game that they would to slot down into the sixth spot instead of being in the 4-5 where they would potentially face the Cavs in the second round? I think a team like the Heat would do that, yes. Yeah, if anyone does it, it's the Heat. And yeah. I, I, I think they have, they have the, uh, the knowledge that's running that team, you know? And I think they see the value in... Uh, they know the value of, of long playoff runs, the, the marketing value of Heat versus, you know, De- Heat versus LeBron is amazing. That would be, a, like, that's the marketing dream for Eastern Conference Finals, right? So I think they will understand everything that comes into play with, with that being lined up. So I think they would make the play for it. I don't know if other teams really would. Well, I, they all I really should. They all the should. Celtics and Hornets won't because they're just obsessed with winning a playoff series. That's huge progress for both of those organizations. So I think they're only focused on trying to get home field for that first to win up that first playoff series. Yeah, that's fair enough because, and the reason why I say this is because Hawks, Celtics, Heat, Hornets, I think any of those teams could beat any of the others in a seven game yep. playoff series. And so I'm not really concerned with their first round matchups and I'm not necessarily thinking that they are either unless one of those teams thinks that they have a, a, a far better matchup. And I'm not ready to say that about any of them. Yeah. It's a tough balancing act I, I, right now. Cause they all, all three of them could be the three seed and the three seed. Right obviously is more ideal than than the six seed so they're all trying to get for that three seed first if that doesn't happen if it comes down to the final game or two of the season and they're kind of locked in uh, or they're locked out of the three seed absolutely they should rest their players and just try to drop down now since we're our last pod you can talk a little about next year you know luol deng is a free agent at the end of the season do you think he comes back to miami i mean they've got to get winslow more minutes josh richardson's playing really well he had an amazing dunk uh drive down the lane last night see that highlight if you get a chance but uh, do you th- what uniform is deng wearing next year Whiteside's also a free agent i believe i think miami's going to be a, a very different team next season um, yeah. Obviously, you're going to have Dragon and Dwayne Wade. Um, Chris Bosh hopefully returns to health and comes back, but that's a huge question mark. Um, I also don't know the salary cap implications if for some some reason he's forced to retire um, because of health reasons, if that helps them or what the deal is cap-wise. Um, but they're probably going to be a big player in the free agent market. So, I mean, weren't they like? It's been always been rumored they're going to chase Kevin Durant and like. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But I think they're going to bring in one or two big names, and then you have guys like Justice, Justice Winslow who should be ready to step in and take Dang's spot. So no, I don't. I don't think Dang will be there next year. Well, I, I think between Whiteside and Dang, Whiteside would be the higher priority to keep. But um, you're right; if they're going to make a run after Durant or somebody, that to let them both walk. Yeah, I mean, it, it's possible that Whiteshead will get an astronomical contract somewhere else, and, and the Miami will say, all right, see you, man. Yep. Yep. See you. <laughs> right. Glad Not we could rejuvenate hassles. your career after after you've been. I mean, I think this is actually his fourth year in the league. Um, right. He, I mean, he started out with Sacramento, accrued like something of eight total games over his first two seasons. So just another blip on Sacramento's awesome resume for – uh, discovering and, and procuring their personnel. I tell you what, I was watching last night's game, Miami, and there were a couple shots of like on the court. You know, they do the on the court camera, and I was watching Dang, and I think that he, he's just going to fall off like off a cliff at some point. I, I think physically, he's just going to drop. And All those I, minutes with the Bulls catching up with him, you're saying? Yeah. They used to, they so, used to run him into the ground like they're doing right, with Butler. Now. Exactly right. And I, I think that it, it just, you know, Overnight, he's going to be just not even an option for them. Just and so I don't know if Miami is really hell bent on bringing him back. 
And I don't know if any team really would be besides like a playoff contender if he could come off the bench and give you solid minutes. But I, I think that in the next couple of years, he's, he's going to be kind of donezo. That, that one surprised me. I mean, one, he's never been a freak athlete, right? And he doesn't have any like one elite skill. He's just always been a good, solid, all-around, all-around player. And I mean, really, with guys, he is... He's 31. He turns 31 next or in a couple defense weeks. Defense first. Probably yeah. defense first guy for a while. At 31, 32, that actually usually that used to be the age where it's just like or it actually still is unless you're Paul Pierce or Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, you're you're a true superstar like all-time talent unless you're at that level. Once you become 31, 32, you are donezo. That's it for the NBA. You're an old man. Get I, your pension, be happy. And now, uh, that's what I'm social, cons- Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry, Ken. I'm concerned about that with Dwayne Wade. I mean, he's 34 years old. He necessarily doesn't have one amazing skill over another. He doesn't really. He hasn't shot the three a lot over the course of his career. He's attempting .6 this season. It looks like right. he's making rate shooter that's going to play 60 games doesn't have a lot of value. Right at 34 years old, and so I mean, his skill has always been just being really athletic and getting to the rim. But, I mean, he's still doing it. I'm surprised he's doing it now in, in this year. But I will say that it will be just as Winslow's team when Dwayne Wade is ready to step away. And I will look for Winslow to take on a bigger offensive role. Nice part about that is that Spolstra um, is, is going to get a couple years to kind of work on that with Winslow before it's fully unleashed. And so we're looking at the Kawhi Leonard um, career track. We're looking at the Jimmy Butler career track. I, I think it depends. Dwayne Wade is a good case. And... I, I still believe, I mean, he's played he's played really well this year. He's played better than I thought he would. I think they still, he has like two years left after this season. But I think a big part of it, Matt, it depends on who they bring in this season, this offseason. Um, if they bring in a guy like Kevin Durant or some other kind of all-star caliber player and they're a legit championship threat next season, and the year after, like Dwayne Wade might stick around for a little while, ride some other guys' coattails, and try to get a couple more championships. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I I think at the end of LeBron or Wade's career, he's just gonna meet up with LeBron and do kind of like a like a Ray Allen thing, maybe just spot up jumper. Oh, see, the problem is it'd be like a Mike uh, Mark Matson thing or Mike Matson. I forget one of those two, <laughs> but it it'll be it'll be like a Matson thing where he's just a towel waver yeah. on the bench because he won't even be in the rotation. He won't even be Ray Allen hitting from the corner. Yeah. Now, have you seen social media's make it a big stink about McBuckets tackling Whiteside? But that that was not a tackle. He was just trying to get Whiteside's arms down. It was like mostly just awkward momentum that took them down on top of each other. I have not seen that yet, but. Yeah. Chippiness happens at the end of the year with with teams that are out of it or almost out of it. Remember, Giannis got that one game suspension at the end of. Oh, I guess that was in the playoffs against Dunleavy. Uh, anyways, last game of the night, Minnesota at Sacramento. Minnesota continues to start the appropriate five and off the bench. They're even playing Nemanja Bjelica. He had a nice game for them. You like that pronunciation, Shannon? Yeah, he liked nice. that. It's, I'm in mid season form, baby. There's 82 games. And power forward. I don't say that one. That's you. Oh, Give no, it. I'll leave it to you. You did so well in the last one. Come on. No, go. Ken. Ken. The Jordan hallmark. Game. The backbone of this podcast is you not being able to say his name. Gorgay and if Deng. this, if oh. have I got it yet? Gorgay Dang. <laughs> that's as, that's as close <laughs> as you've ever come. I'll give you that. Uh, He's going to stay a Vermont tree hugger next year too. Uh, is he with Josh Richardson, who I picked up for a dollar, purely not for this year, but for next year. I just want to brag to my yeah, own. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Second round pick out of Tennessee, I believe. A nice little steal for for Miami. Uh, about Sacramento, essentially they arrested Cousins and Rondo. I think technically they were out with injuries last night, but it's that was re- annoying too because it was late. Was, yeah. Well, no, the Kings also said we're going to play Cousins at home and rest them on the road, and then they rested them at home, which is probably just George Carl being pissed. You know, he he heard like Boogie wants to play. Oh, you're gonna sit. Lame duck coach. He can do whatever yeah. he wants. Yes. No repercussions. Yeah. Uh, Ken, you got a word from our, our good sponsor, DraftKings here? Absolutely, Daily Justice. Be part of the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy basketball partner of RotoWire. With Daily Fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. Play whenever you want and pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM or square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOHOOPS 
R-O-T-O-H-O-O-P-S. This could be your last chance as our last pod's coming up here. Uh, Roto Hoops to play for free. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. That's promo code R-O-T-O-H-O-O-P-S. Roto Hoops at DraftKings.com. Why not enter tonight's million-dollar baseball game? Get started on MLB action. But use that Roto Hoops uh, promo code before it expires. I like it. Ken, this is the last time the good people get to hear you give a Rotowire expert staff keeper league update. Just run away with it. I want I want whistles, I want yelling, I want shouting. Where do you stand? All right, side note here. In the Rotowire headquarters office last week, as you two gentlemen knew. And I had bragged I was going to take the trophy from Shannon's desk and bring it home for me. And then, uh, in a fluke blip, Stotts cut the lead from six to four points while I was in Wisconsin, and I didn't have the guts. I didn't have the cojones. I was worried about jinxing it, and I let the de- uh, the, the trophy stand. I did go by and rub it a little. There was some rubbing. Um, but still on Shannon's desk, the lead's back up to six. And, DJ, this is hope for you. I also inherited a bad team, but here in my third year, I'm taking home the trophy. And I actually like my chances for next year. I've, I've, I've got some nice contracts. I'm going to keep Durant. I'm going to keep Boogie. Uh, I'm going to keep Lowry. Whoa, spoiler uh, alert. Let me write this down so I'm ready for offseason. Yeah. I think, you know, I will take wagers against you two guys that we can debate, you know, discuss all through last, uh, all through next year. But I think we need a three amigo wager. Uh, I don't know how do we do a three way bet. I'm gonna Where, I'm gonna win. Something? I think I'm gonna do better than both of you. I I, I okay, look at the guys wager? I have. Uh, I mean, this one kind of needs to be kind of be big, right? Because here's my suggested wager: shorts. Winner, uh, third place has to buy first place, either Pistons, Celtics, or Bucks. Thunder. Oh, you're a Thunder fan, DJ? I thought you were. I grew up a Bucks fan. They traded Ray Allen. I've been bitter ever since, and a good team was drafted okay. in my backyard, and so I've been a Thunder fan since then. Okay, so you're Thunder. That's fine. Uh, shorts. Not, you know, we're, we're, we're not the super fancy, expensive game line. I'm not, we're, none of us are good-looking enough to pull those off anyway, but just regular old practice shorts from our favorite NBA team. I like it. Shannon? Are you? Shannon? You all right with that? He says That sounds good. good to me. All right. Oh, how about this? How about this? Loser, third place buys first place shorts. Second place has to buy all three of us a round of drinks. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. Good. We need etch that in stone. Next year's wager. But anyway, I look for Shannon, what's your plan on shipping the trophy to Vermont? Because we gotta update the update the winner plaque, right? Yeah, I don't know. Well, how, Shannon, how did you feel about him not taking it when he was here to take it? Do you, are, do you agree with the superstitious Ken Kreitz, or do you, I mean because that logistically that would have made things a lot easier? Just saying. Uh, he, I told he has to agree because he told me he wouldn't do it. I told Ken multiple times I would not have taken it personally. Okay, because um, I am superstitious. Also, as the current owner and still reigning champion of the you league, enjoy it. I get. I officially get it until the end of this season. That's like it, I don't have to give it up yet. So I will I gladly think we need take a the extra week. Drinking, drinking champagne or beer out of that thing. Oh, I trust me. Uh, if you've known what else I've done with that trophy, you would not want to drink anything out of it. Mm, nothing like a good Friday podcast with the three amigos. <laughs> All right. Any Let's any tonight? Oh, get to the news. Yeah, the news. Rest in peace. The process, Ken. So uh, happy to see Sam Hankey step down. Happy, yeah. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I get I back that up a little. They're amusing, from just podcast fodder to yell out, yell at. Um, great to have the the whole full on longest view tanking process, but such an e- raging egomaniac. Uh, the whole ignoring of the human factor uh, in sports. Just not thinking you needed any veterans in the locker room. That probably bothered me the most, I think. But, you know, great fan base in Philadelphia. They just deserve so much better. And you look at Boston, you don't have to be terrible. You can be a well-run team and turn things around. It's just uh, – and and to just, like, 
urinate on your season ticket holders for three plus years. It's just absurd. They didn't lower prices during any of those years. It, you're still charging full price to watch that garbage on the court. Um, you know, I, I, and hey, I, I don't blame Hinky. You want to work for when, when the when the dad and son are who you're arguing with in every meeting. You're probably not going to win those arguments. So good that he moved on, but uh, I just hate the process. Uh, I. Hate I I'm going to jump in here first. The Boston comment. Boston stumbled into an accidental competitive team. They, I think they wanted to tank for a year or two, and it just turned out that Brad Stevens Hiring is a great amazing. up-and-coming yeah, coach yeah. who stumbled? Uh, no, no. They uh, they didn't expect him to bring them to the playoffs last year. It's it's awesome. He's an amazing coach. He turned out to be – he. I thought he was a great hire – but no one expected them to be this good right away, or even this year with the current with their roster. No one expected that. Now they might, they would have been just as happy to win twenty games each of the past two years, and then have everything else lined up like it is going forward. Uh, but you, they did not purposely tank. I mean, they the Rondo trade was great. They made trades for the future, but for talent that played right away. You know. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think they ever. I don't think they were really ever in tank mode. They, you know, they. In fact, you could argue that really getting rid of Rondo was addition by subtraction. You know, I think they made some great moves that helped them out immediately. I don't think the moves were made be, to help them immediately, though. Is what I'm saying. The moves were made for the long term outlook of that club. They just happened to to help them immediately as well. And Brad Stevens is the most amazing coach ever. That's that's where I think the Boston situation is. Now, as far as the process goes, I don't think there's anything wrong with the process. I actually think Sam Hankey had some great ideas. The problem was the execution of it. The problem is you don't draft three players who are all the same exact player. You don't draft Nerlens, Okafor, and Embiid. You don't draft a guy who's never might never come overseas or trade for him or whatever Dario it was. Sarge, like yeah. they, he just made bad choices. The execution of the process was bad. They should have three or four building blocks right now and be lining up to get a guy like Ben Simmons. And the process would have worked. He just executed it poorly. So let me let me play devil's advocate here. And and what I think hurt Hinky in the in the Sixers is that you know, the process never resulted in a first round pick. It never resulted in that top pick. So Okafer was the third pick. Embiid was the third pick. MCW was the 11 pick. Um, I mean, and so the, the, was it Cleveland that snuck in there a couple of years? You know how people are saying like, let's get rid of the draft or go to a draft wheel. But I think you could point to the process failing as saying, you know what? The, the punishment now are actually pretty good. The lottery kind of works, right? The lottery does work, but the thing is, it's because he made the wrong picks. It's not. It doesn't matter that he didn't have the first or second pick. It, he made he made the wrong picks. There are guys he could have picked in each of those lotteries that he would have a nice core of players. Now, would they be good right now? No, they would be the Orlando Magic. All right, but then they would if they were still in a position where they could get a guy like Ben Simmons now or go out and sign some free agents because Philadelphia is the fourth large, largest market in the NBA. You know, people are going to want to play there. It, I don't think the process doesn't work. It just doesn't work when you have Sam Hankey making the Whoa. decisions. <laughs> College Jets. You guys are not Hankey lovers, that's for sure. I, I don't know. I think another iteration of this, like if we ran this all back one more time through, this is, could have gone very differently. And it's, it's entirely possible that the process, in quotes, it could have turned out differently, and so you can you can splice it up and poke holes in it all you want. But if another team try, I don't think this necessarily dissuade another team from trying this in the future. So I don't think while it didn't work, I think that the execution of it could have could have been polished a little better. Yes, and the the pure luck of it all, I think this is maybe as bad as it gets. I think that another iteration of this it, it can only get better. Does that make well, sense? Well, you know, what we'll find out is if if Philadelphia is suddenly really good in a year or two, you know, uh, that will help encourage what? other teams to do it. But if they continue to struggle... Not necessarily always, from the core they have now, but just because it's possible to bounce back so quickly in the, this cl- NBA climate. Yeah, sure. It, it's a tough thing. You've got, guy, you've got teams like, like San Antonio tanked the one year and they get Tim Duncan. They got lucky by getting the first pick overall and and Tim Duncan was the obvious pick. Philadelphia was never in a position where 
there is an obvious guy they could pick like that. And even if there was, they would have ended up picking like they would have picked Beasley over Derrick Rose or done something dumb. Like, like. So it, Shannon, would you tolerate the Pistons going into a full process mode? Yes, absolutely, but not right now because they're a playoff team. So don't have to worry about it this just, year. Like, I'm okay with the NBA allowing the process, actually, but I just don't want my team to ever go through the if, process. If the I, hate, I hate that approach. If the Pistons went into the process a couple years ago, no, I would not have had a problem with that. Um, but they they didn't need to go that far because they made good enough picks, or they got lucky that Andre Drummond dropped to the 7th or 8th pick or whatever it was. Um they didn't make dumb picks, so they didn't have to go through the process. And the process doesn't – the process – the problem is the picks he made. It's not the process. The process worked. He had, he, had the, he, he had the capability to select really good talent there that would have a nice foundation for a team. He just didn't make the right picks. Fair enough. All right, we're running out of time here on this last podcast ever for the three amigos. So in true fashion, we're going to go over some DFS picks pretty quickly here. I will say, major disclaimer, uh, DFS, it's a jungle out there. I mean, it, it's pretty wild. I, I mean, I will say that I've, I've gone on record giving my ultimate lineup, my picks, and then five hours later in the day, you know, people are out. John Wall is out for no reason. Cousins is out. Rondo's out. And so it's tough. So we're recording this 945 Central Time. Well, and let um, me rattle off. We know Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin are all going to rest tonight against Utah. That means Utah might get an easy W, which is another dagger for the Rockets. Uh, Lou Williams is out for the rest of the year, so don't accidentally play him for the Lakers. Now go into your fabulous recommendations, gentlemen. Yeah, one oh, well, last thing I'll say before we jump into it is you have to find players who are motivated to, to play and that the organization is motivated to let them see their season average in minutes. So the teams that you'd be looking at and trying to target down the stretch of the season essentially are Golden State because they're going for the record, Memphis, Portland, Dallas, Utah, Houston. And for all the reasons that we mentioned in the East, that three to six matchup. So Atlanta, Boston, Miami, Charlotte, they might do some funky stuff like we alluded to to get that six seed. So you need to be careful about that. Indiana and Detroit, they are fighting for the seven seed. And there's a lot to play there, I, I think, because you'd much rather play Toronto than you would Cleveland. And Detroit needs, a, if Detroit wins tonight, they clinch a spot in the playoffs. They still need a win or a Washington loss, who they play tonight, uh, to clinch their spot. Yeah, so fair enough. So still, well, those I, are the I teams think... I'm targeting. Otherwise, there's I'm rarely going to target anybody else because you just can't be confident on minutes tonight. You just can't be confident on your, your workload. Well, and DJ, your point about boy in the East, I sure would rather face those Raptors than uh, the Cavs. Oh, yeah. So I think Indiana and Detroit should be playing as hard as they can because I think either of those teams could beat the Raptors in a seven-game series. Yeah. So, oh, the Raptors Pistons will. Four. <laughs> oh! The Pistons will. I'm Bill a fool. Beer, give us your DFS slate for tonight. All right. Um, so you had mentioned all those Clippers that are out. That means Austin, or I'm sorry, Austin Rivers is out too. So Jamal Crawford is going to be a great play. Um, and just in general, check the Clippers uh, news and notes before the lineups lock tonight because any of their backups could end up being great plays. But Jamal Crawford's the one I like as of uh, 10 a.m. Friday morning. I like Jamal Crawford a lot. Um, another guy at, at a guard position that I love is Tim Frazier. Triple-double threat. Tim Frazier. Ah, I agree. I certainly agree. He is 5,000. He's officially listed as questionable for tonight, um, but it sounds like it was a pretty minor ankle tweak that he had on Thursday. Uh, he still managed to, I'm sorry, on Wednesday, still managed to play 34 minutes in that game. He has topped 35 fantasy points on DraftKings in four consecutive games. So real quickly, let me jump in here and say why Frazier has been valuable over the course of the season, even though he's playing on a team that doesn't matter. And Because he's playing to be an NBA player. Teams have ridden him off. He's jumping around. He's a journeyman. He's only had two seasons in the career coming out of Penn State. So he has a lot to play for, and New Orleans probably isn't going to invite him back next year and so they don't really care if they throw him out there for 38 minutes when it doesn't really matter so you have a perfect storm where tim frazier has made a lot of sense for dfs over the last couple weeks of the season former d league mvp I, my guess is he has earned a roster spot somewhere after this performance especially if he finishes out strong these last three or four games which i think he will because drew holiday's out anthony davis is out ryan anderson's out 
I mean, uh, what's the name? Eric Gordon's out. Everyone's out for this team. Tyreek Evans. I even forgot he he was on the team. He's been out so long. <laughs> so everyone on this team's out, and they're riding guys like Tim Frazier, Luke Babbitt, uh, Tony Douglas. Those guys aren't very good at as NBA players, but they're getting 35 minutes a game. And Tim Frazier, I think he's proven he, he belongs. Um, so he's a great fantasy play. Uh, his price has gone up some. He's 5000 he, He's no longer in that uh, low $4,000 range, but even at 5000 35 points, that's a great price for him. Yeah, fair enough. Moving on to shooting guard, somebody you like, Brad Beal, still an option for you. You said Washington-Detroit is going to be a hotly contested game, and so he'd be somebody to target, you would think, as well, Shannon? I especially like him if John Wall sits again. John Wall sat on Wednesday. If John Wall's still out, which he's officially questionable as of 10 a.m., if he's out again, Brad Beal's going to be chucking up tons of shots. That would also mean Ramon Sessions is a good play. Um, so Brad Beal is somewhat interesting. Uh, another like guy Beal over Crawford at forty five hundred, though. I would go Crawford over over Beal um, because there is a significant discount in the price there, and Crawford should blow up. He had a gigantic game against OKC last week when uh, when a bunch of regulars sat for the Clippers. He posted over fifty fantasy points. I don't expect Crawford to do that again, but he should st- he should still be a shoe in for 30 fantasy points given all the other studs are resting for the Clippers. Looking forward to small forward. Gordon Hayward, I think, is somebody that, again, it, it follows in suit with what we've been talking about, finding players who still have something to play for. $6,700. Derek Williams, also an option at $4,600. Shannon, if you're looking to go down, somebody that, slots in in place of Kristaps Porzingis and has had a lot of value when when Stops has been off the court this year. The Jazz need to win. They're in good position to win, um, given that the Clippers are resting everyone. But, I mean, Hayward, he's going to go out there. He's going to play hard. He's going to He's going to try his damnedest to get that W. And he's also got great success against the Clippers this year. He's averaging 48 fantasy points per game against them in the two outings. So I'm looking for a repeat performance um, from earlier outings this year. All right, let's do power forward. And you're going to go with Julius Randle, somebody that doesn't fit the mantra we've been talking about, but maybe he wants to finish out his pseudo-rookie season on a high note. He's playing the Pelicans, and as I listed, there's a laundry list of players that are sitting for the Pelicans. So he's playing against a bunch of D-League caliber players. So that's the reason why I like him. I mean, he's actually been pretty poor the past couple games. He had he went 0 for 6 from the floor, 3 for 11 from the floor, but he still had decent value because he was grabbing tons of rebounds, including 20 in his most recent game. I just I like him to get 30 to 32 minutes, and against a really soft Pelicans team, I expect him to, to start hitting shots. All right. Can I throw in Dirk at only $300 more because they are playing Memphis? They still have a reason to play. Yeah, Dirk. Dirk's a solid play. Dirk, he was uh, he was on such a great run earlier a few weeks ago. He was just dominating every game. He's dropped off a little bit since. The past handful of games, he's only been averaging about 24 fantasy points. That doesn't mean you should avoid him. It's just that he's not he's not as obvious of a play. It's, if anything, you can view it as his price has gone down, and now he's got – you know he's got the upside for forty or fifty fantasy points, and at sixty three hundred, that's great value. All right, let's finish strong at the center position. Rudy Gobert, somebody I might giving a look, give a look at. Only fifty six hundred dollars going up against the Clippers squad, who really, you know, they're going to rest everybody tonight. He's giving you at least twenty three fantasy points, which isn't ideal over his last four games. He's been a hit or miss down the stretch of the season. Is there anybody else that you like better than Rudy Gobert tonight, Shannon? I like Vucevic. He has he's dominated Miami last year and this year. He's he's just like he had a twenty twenty game against him last season. Uh, this year. He had 52 fantasy points in his one outing against him. You know, he's he's actually he's still he's coming off the bench or he has the last few games. Um, might might get worked back in the starting rotation on Friday, but it doesn't even really matter uh, because he's still playing heavy minutes off the bench and he's been on fire since returning from injury. He's got 50 and a half fantasy points and 43 fantasy points in his past two games. I expect another big outing against the Heat. Fair enough. All right, that's your Friday DFS slate. Um, be careful out there. Check the lineups on Rotowire um, to c- confirm lineups, of course, just to make sure who's in the starting lineup, who's in line to see a lot of minutes. 
that's it, guys. That 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 is the Rotowire Fantasy Podcast for Fridays. Um, man, hang in yeah. with me, gentlemen. I need you two to say the last two words that we always close this with. We'll say it together. But this is sad. The last uh, the last of the three amigos for the season. DJ, you got to close things out there. Shannon, anything you want to say before next season? No, according to <laughs> according to DJ earlier, DJ said the last three amigos podcast ever. So oh, he's that's calling. That's not what I meant. Oh. That's he's not calling. What I meant. He's calling either for one of us to get fired or somebody's going to quit, retire. We'll see. <laughs> Hit by a bus. All right. Well, let's close with two quotes from the always funny former Utah Jazz president Frank Layden. Last pot of the season, I'm going two quotes instead of one. Uh, one of my favorites regarding a former player, quote, I told him, son, what is it with you? Is it ignorance or apathy? He said, coach, I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> 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 and in regards to running an NBA team, Blade had one of my all-time favorite quotes. He said, even Jesus had trouble with 12 guys. <laughs> so with those two delicious quotes, Gentlemen, let's say it together on three. One, two, three. Adios, Adios amigos. amigos.